Uh, there may be a letter with a content warning this week, but otherwise we'll probably be a little tamer. Yeah, hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Uh, this podcast is recorded in a house with animals. There is a cat who is likely to come step on the keyboard and screw everything up because that's what she likes to do. Um, the dogs will wander through. You, you guys know the drill by now. Seriously. The yeah, chickens the, are asleep. The chickens are asleep. That doesn't mean that someone won't wake up from a nightmare and crow ridiculously. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing is we tend to swear. We've been better about not swearing a lot on the show, but times change. I mean, change. I don't know if it's a we've been better or just we we haven't felt the urge to just let loose a stream of profanity. So anyway, you've been warned, and that's why we mark it explicit. Yes. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 147. We have a letter show this week. Woo! And I'm staring at seven letters to go over later. And Lord knows... We will do our best, although the longer this quarantine goes on, the less I know how to do anything. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I was frustrated at work today. Uh, I had been finally assigned something like, I'm not going to say meaningful, but kind of high priority. And as I'm trying to wrap my head around it, and I've got a customer that needs help right now as part of this, and I got somebody knocking on my door. Hey, where did you get this information? Wait, are there, where are the tickets for this? What's this? What's that? Can you rearrange the spreadsheet to do X and Y? And I was like hitting a point of just cognitive overload. Like I'm trying to focus on this one thing and I'm being hammered with these questions or additional requirements or whatever and how I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to focus on the thing, but I can't necessarily say that because he's like an East Coast lead. It's like, yeah, mm, no, uh, but, right. you know, so it it can get difficult sometimes, you know, um, and maybe I should have said, hey, can we just hop on a quick call and talk through this? It may go faster uh, because also talking to this person in person over voice isn't as... It doesn't feel as demanding right. when doing it over chat only, because chat only, all you get are like the bullet point demand texts. You don't get any context or, or any inflection around it that, you know, and if I just respond with, look, I'm trying to focus on this thing, wait, it's going to either sound rude and brisk or, or something like that. So finding that balance is a little a little. Tricky. You know, my editor said something similar a while ago. Um, I was like, you know, just send your editorial notes an email. And she's like, man, I, I really prefer phone calls. And I'm like, I hate them, but why? She's like, well, if I say I hate this character, if I just type that, you think I hate the character. If I say I hate this character, but I'm laughing when I say it, I'm like, oh, God, I hate this character. That is totally different and lands totally differently. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I'm exactly. like. Yeah, okay, you know, that's totally fair. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're, we're shaking it out as we've worked on more projects together. But yeah, I mean, that's understandable. And it's, it's a thing that a lot of people are struggling with more in this new reality. Yes, you can't just nip down to the office and say, hey, the thing here. Right, or, you know, yell down the hall, I'm busy, can you give me a minute to breathe? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, 
And even then, I was babysitting a process because I knew. I knew the moment I looked away, it was going to collapse on me. Uh, it just been that kind of day. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I'll go to this meeting. I've got another window. Okay, I need to flip to look at this other thing. And when I flipped back, it had crashed. Oh, yep, yep. And I was like, I've spent all this time just watching this because as long as I watch it, it's going to be okay. Sound familiar? Um Oh, yeah. Watch, and then it wasn't. Watched pot never crashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should also take a mention uh, at this point for our friend Shepard. It's their birthday today. Yes. We're recording on, on Shepard's birthday, so there we go. And, uh, woo, many happy returns. I don't mm -hmm. think they listen to the show. I mean, they would probably hear it just through the floor because they're in the room right, right above, above us. Right above us. Right above us. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, and there were pancakes, some of them deep fried in bacon fat and bacon. And then like a third of a bottle of Duplin County wine, because I said, you can't buy more Duplin wine at the grocery store until you've finished some of the bottles you have. So that's why there's a very drunk shepherd on the back deck, because I forgot that never drinking and then drinking hummingbird food. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'll mess you up. Yeah. That'll mess you up. So how's your pandemic, everybody? Uh, how's your week been going? Uh, it's it's fluctuated, I want to say. Um, all I want to do is garden. I have no desire to write a book or do anything else. I just want to be in the garden. And that's great because, you know, I, at least I want to do something. It's not like I'm like laying in bed going, life has no meaning. True. True. But at the same time, uh, got to write the books. And also I've true. been editing a lot in mm -hmm. the last month or so, so this is like the first week in a long time that I've written words that weren't like working on an existing project or editing. Okay, yeah. And it's like you going back and pulling up the, the file and being like, okay, time to write the words. And I mean, I, okay, I guess that's not true because I also wrote a short story, you know, earlier this, this month, but just the... It's it's yesterday. It was just, I couldn't do anything yesterday, and the day before it was like I managed to knock it out. But and today, I basically did it by sitting down in the garden and being like, "Once you finish this thousand words, you can go move mulch around." And this is not uncommon for you about this time of year. Yes, I gardening is is. Yeah, and and honestly, the last few years we've been traveling so much that yeah. the garden has kind of gone to pot, and I've been uh, not literally to pot. I'm not growing marijuana or anything like that. It's, it's gone to weeds and to rack and ruin, and so I'm getting in there and fixing all of the things that have been going wrong for years, and and it's really nice because I can always see the next thing to work on, right. And sometimes far too many things. Like a lot of time I spend puttering, which is puttering is a great thing to do in the garden, particularly if you have ADD, uh, because you just wander around, you do the thing in front of you, and then you go, oh, hey, that needs doing. You do that mm -hmm. thing. You do this thing. And there's always little things to do, So, which is probably a reason that it, it appealed to me so much pre-medication. And now it's like that only... I can generally stop and be like, okay, no, first step, you go in there, you get the mulch, you come mm -hmm. back, you do the thing, you pick up a trowel, you trim that thing. Okay, we got this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's being home and being able to work in the garden. I'm like, I would like to just like take a week and just garden or something. 
And I just said that out loud, which was not a thought I had been thinking. And then I was like, why can't I? Yeah, why can't you? And I'm like, uh, but, and then I realized that I have a book due to come out in June, I think, or maybe July, probably July. And then I have another book in October. And then probably the next book will end, you know, December or January, which means that I have like, it's it's May, right? That's the yeah. fifth month. Yeah. I have six months to write 50,000 words to finish that book. That's, yeah. That's a lot of time. Yeah, don't, don't, don't let it think that, I mean, it, it, don't get a false sense of urgency towards, because, oh God, I have to get it done right now, but... Also, don't get the false sense of I have all the time in the world. That, well, no, I I, yeah. I rarely do because it's me. But why can't I just take a week in garden? You absolutely can. I mean, I handed in edits on a book and another book, and then I wrote a short story. I, I have no deadlines that I owe to anyone at this moment, except this is a self-published book I'm working on. My God, I could just take a week in garden. You could. What the fuck, man? And I'm the I'm, gods will strike me dead, surely. This is called a vacation, and I realize you haven't actually had one in a while. I, I mean, my stepfather died, and I went to Oregon to that, handle that, that. That wasn't a vacation. No, it really wasn't. Um, also, I worked like a dog during it on on words because I had to get I had to meet the deadline, so I was. Sitting mm-hmm. down and knocking out like two thousand words a day, uh, and Tibet was more a vacation for me than for you. Tibet was a v- Tibet was something. <laughs> uh, Tibet was an experience, yeah. but I won't swear that it. I mean, I'm I'm sort of generic. I I in many regards a vacation. I would love to to sit around and drink cocktails and gaze at the surf or something and maybe go bird watching but uh that's that's never how any attempt at a vacation we have taken has been that's true uh I actually get bored very quickly and pick up the binoculars and go birding um yeah but yes, I could take a garden vacation yes, they call that a staycation. Well, we're all taking staycations. Well, yeah. Now. Well, no. Some of us still work. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm, but none of us are going on vacation anywhere because right. we can't. But uh, and you don't have to feel guilty about it. I no. I'm already feeling guilty. In fact, just suggesting it makes me feel like a decadent, uh, you know, uh, bourgeoisie asshole who doesn't work hard enough because essential workers can't take vacations. So what the fuck am I doing? Thinking of doing such a thing. Funny story. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at it, and I am probably because all of our, all the trips have been canceled. Mm-hmm. I am probably going to end this year with actual vacation time. Cool, save it because once the pandemic is lifted, you know we'll. You know, I don't even know if we'll be back to the same brutal schedule. Although I am already scheduled for two conventions in 2021. Yeah, and uh, I've already got three. Yeah. Uh, so. I kind of like not going anywhere in spring, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, in the future, I would kind of like to not go anywhere in the spring. I Am I allowed to just say no people from March through the end of May, I stay home? And garden? Yes. 
I believe if you if you phrase it appropriately, yes, yes, you can do that. Look at look at Maynard James Keenan. He does not tour with any of his bands, and he's got what three of them right now. He does not tour with them at all during the early growing season or the pressing season of his vineyards. He is home taking care of the vines. Okay, but that's like you know his vineyard. It's like work. I I would just be mulching and. Pulling weeds. I've watched you mulch and pull weeds. How much mulch did you apply today? Only like four or five wheelbarrows. And how much did each wheelbarrow weigh? Not that much. I don't know. But that's work. Yeah, it's honestly, moving the wheelbarrow isn't nearly so much as the bending over and applying it and pulling the weeds out of the little, because, you know, I'm mulching around the base of plants, and then I'm pulling the individual strands of chickweed out of the plants themselves, and I'm doing all of it while bent over, which is like killing my back, and I should really just start kneeling, um, because my knees are still good. The uh, yeah. That's work. It's physical labor. Yes. Certainly. Um, but if, if we define work as solely as something that generates an income then no it is not work yes this is this is my hobby this is what right. i spend money on if we define work as activities that require effort of some nature it's absolutely work i mean i guess but by that logic you know kayaking would be too kayaking is a lot of work it really is i'm not doing it, it seems like yeah. a good way to die but uh uh no offense to kayakers but you know i don't like water for the water very much <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still like, like... Wrapping your head around the idea that I, I you could actually I cannot be allowed do to do that. That that seems like too, like, upper class shit. Like, you know, you're just taking a week off because uh, to, to be in the garden. I, I, no, that makes me feel like I'm not working for a living or something. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, on later episodes. In the meantime, I got seven letters. All right. And we will get to those right after this. So letters. We I'm are, still trying to do the math on when the last time I took an actual vacation was. It's it's like that that meme where there's the still of the person and all the the like, woman and the, the numbers and the equations are flashing yes, in front of her. Yes. Yes. That's actually the still is from Supernatural. So anyway. Or yes. at least it's one of the actresses from Supernatural. Yeah, apparently mm -hmm. that is that is Kevin said that was what occurred when the thought? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it, there was just this realization, this dawning, this wait. Can I do that? Should I do that? It, it's astounding. So while you process that, all right. Yes, read a letter. Uh, I'm going to read this letter from Blue Aloe. I might have read it before, but it was still in the letters folder. So, um, 
from Blue Aloe, uh, I feel so bad for my supervisor right now. She's having to juggle the needs of all her employees, completely rethink how our department functions and come up with virtual engagement strategies. We work in museum programming and outreach. Oh. Finish a major grant proposal that the organization decided needed to be done now. Push through the rehiring of one employee. One coworker is technically a temporary employee who has to be hired every year. Plus, she's got two young kids at home and her husband is a public school teacher. Oof, duh. I have all the respect and sympathy for her. I, our our yeah. heart goes out to you, nameless supervisor. Absolutely. And uh, as we've seen, um, school teachers are getting a lot of props right now. And yeah, I, I my only hope, if God knows, I, I feel like even looking for a silver lining in this is kind of ghoulish at this point. Right. But if there is anything, it is I hope that school teachers will get more respect Going forward, as people remember, oh my God, I don't have to, you know, uh, the 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 homeschooling. Oh God, oh God, that that was a nightmare. So, yeah, uh, yeah, not a thing I've ever had any desire to do. Interestingly enough, uh, every time, whenever, and wait, may, do they do this to guys? It just occurred to me this might be a gendered thing. Uh, if you go into any field, they always say, "Well, you could teach." Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Usually it's expected, though, at the college level. Right. and Or high school. Yeah, and uh, I have never had the least desire to teach any other human being to do anything whatsoever. Um, that's uh, I, I have enormous respect for those who can. It's just that is not yeah. a thing I can do or wish to do. And I have... People occasionally ask me to teach workshops, and I like turn gray. And it's not—it's not a skill set you have. It's a yeah. skill set I have. I have taught. Yes, mostly pro at professional events. I've given talks. Yeah, but yeah. It's uh, the whole thing about those who can do and those who can't teach. That is a load of festering bullshit. <laughs> Being able to teach is a skill. Yes, and just knowing a thing doesn't mean you can teach it. And look, like uh, recently. Uh, and, okay, I might have been really high on dental painkillers at the time. My dentist mm. plays Bob Ross in oh, the waiting God. room, and uh, and if you're getting stuff done, it's like, you know, we'll put on anything you want, and like I'm usually like, you know, nature show, Bob Ross, whatever. I can watch a sarcastic fringe head fish while I'm, uh, you know, high to the gills on the drugs, and and that's better. Uh I like my dentist because when I finally said, you know, I'm I'm old, I am not getting less scared. If anything, I'm getting more scared, even though I love you all. Can you just make sure I feel nothing during this? They're like, take one of these and don't make plans. <laughs> and then I watch nature shows and then it's five minutes later, or except it's been two hours and my root canal is done. Um. Anyway, Bob Ross. Yes. Bob Ross is not by pretty much any standard of any art, fine art program anywhere, a good artist. He is, his work is, is generic, derivative, and cliche. He is an amazing teacher. He is. And I have watched lots of Bob Ross often, you know, and, and it's a weird feeling because, uh, like, technique-wise, certainly he's a better oil painter than I am, but I've done three oil paintings, so that doesn't really, you know, that's... But uh, the, the, watching and going, 
okay, he is actually, however sort of generic the landscape or whatever is, he is very, very good at teaching people to do it and walking them through it. And this is a very impressive skill set. Mm-hmm. And uh, much more so that, like, he was a really good teacher as an artist, meh, but as a teacher, he was very good at what he did. And I am a reasonably talented artist. I mean, I'm not a great, uh, but I can make art, I can make stuff do what uh, I can make it serve my purposes, which, you know, frequently is hamsters. But I could not teach like that in a million years. Like, it, until the day I died, Bob Ross would be a better teacher than I was. And so it's, it's, yeah. Well, I no, completely, I, I, anyway, so coming out of this, I hope people respect what teachers do more. And although it's probably a pipe dream to hope they are paid commensurate with what they're doing, because why is teaching so low paid? I don't know. Uh, <sighs> God, I wish. I'm, I, I have opinions, but we don't have either A, time, or B, uh, I don't want The broom wanna... to scrape you off the ceiling? Yeah. I, oh, boy, do I have opinions. Um, All right. Anyway, yeah, moving Thank on. you, Blue Aloe. Uh, from AG, uh, I was interested in your thoughts on two things. I don't know if these have been specifically discussed already. I'm still working through older episodes in order since I started from the beginning. Hint, they haven't really. Um, No, I think that's a spoiler, not a hint. Yeah, okay. One, how to stay organized versus get organized. (laughs) How do you maintain organization and organizational systems? How do you keep momentum, motivation, habits, focus, marathon organization and productivity versus sprinting organization and productivity, so to speak? Keep going near the end of a project or keep up with the day-to-day ongoing continuous life organization and productivity. I know there are bits and pieces throughout episodes on this, but I'm not sure if this has been specifically discussed in depth at any point. I am incredibly organized, somewhat notoriously so among my friends. I have a lot of skills in those areas, but eventually things drift. Things will get off track over time, out of routine, or I encounter disruptions of various kinds in my life. I've got chronic mental and physical health issues, plus I've had a lot of life changes in the last few years on top of those, all of which create some bumps in the road. So we have a, I have a second thing, but I want to address this first because this is a challenge. Uh, the answer is uh, we don't know, and if we did, we would bottle it and sell it and be billionaires. There's a lot of that, yeah, because uh, when we got back from China, I had to rework everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. I was so out of whack uh, from basically taking a month off. Even I, I had tried to maintain a routine during the couple months I was unemployed before that and before I got this job. And it was really rough there for a while to get to find my rhythm, to to restore my rhythm. And now it's been kind of upset again, but not as drastically. So, and, uh, you know, I was doing great on word count for a while, and then I went to editing projects. And here we are at the end of like a month of edits and whatnot. And suddenly I'm like, words, what are words? What do I do with them? And a lot of it is going back to the basics of your system, just sitting down and going, is this still working for me? Is that part of the reason why it's so hard to keep up with it? Is it not working? Is it not engaging? Do I just need to 
settle down and strap in and go for the long haul and just say, this is the one I'm doing, period, exclamation point. Or is there a space for improvement that I missed because this one isn't working for me? And to a certain mm-hmm. extent, uh, life is full of disruptions. There is no organizational yeah. system in the world that can stand up to life getting in the way. And that is that doesn't mean you failed the system or even that the system has failed you. It's that just shit happens. I am reminded of a quote from a, a, a boss of mine two years ago who, when we were talking about potential risks on a project, was like, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know about. To go back to yeah. what's his name, there are the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. Right. What's his name? The, the God. Iraq War, the guy who was like working for Bush. Who Colin said, Powell? No, it was one of the other ones who's, I want to say Bolton, maybe. I don't uh, even remember. Yeah, okay. Who yeah. was like, we have the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. We don't know. There are some things we know we don't know, but there are also things we don't know that we don't know we don't know. Right. And people made fun of it, but, and while he was a terrible human being and, you know, et cetera, and should be tried in the Hague, uh, he was right in that frequently there are the unknown unknowns. Sometimes life is just going to hit you like a truck. Yeah, the the whole idea is to have... I'm not going to say enough resilience in the system, but to have enough flexibility that instead of having it break the whole thing, when one of those unknown comes up, you flex or bend around it or with it. And sometimes you just have to pick up and start again because – and again, that's not necessarily a failure on your part. I think that's – increasingly that's how humans work. We – you know, there are people – look, okay – House cleaning. Why don't you just do a little bit a day and the house will be clean forever? Uh, Okay. But realistically, what is probably going to happen is that it's going to slide and then suddenly you need to clean the whole house like, whoa. And that's that's just life. You know, that's Mm -hmm. just how it works. It's, It's not necessarily a failure of you as a human being. It's just sometimes... You start a thing, you get the system going, it's great for as long as it's great, and then stuff slides, and that's just how it is. Like, there's no system that will keep you going in the face of you being human and the world being the world. Yep, and the big thing is... Forgive yourself for it. (laughs) Yeah, forgive yourself and don't be afraid to pick it up and say, okay, I've lost track. Let's go again. Yeah. And I think... Just getting to where I'm at now, and we're going to talk about that in two more weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, 147. So we are, are three episodes away. From the annual from the check-in. the annual check-in, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk a lot about that because it's it's been a rough year for it. Um, yeah, there was mm-hmm. you had a lot of upheaval. Like, are we getting to – are we at the point where it's been a year since you got hired at your current job? A week ago tomorrow. Or a week, uh, a, it'll be one year ago, a week from tomorrow, which is uh, release day. Yeah. So I think, no, wait, uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks so, from tomorrow. But like right about last... now I was getting the offer letter. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and ordering my laptop and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a, it's been quite a year. Mm-hmm. Been a, a, a hell of a thing. Um, also, you know, global fucking pandemic. Yeah. 
I'm just, that's just the, that's like the, the hazy fog, the hazy smog settled over LA in the 80s at this point. It's just a thing that's there. It's the background radiation of the world. And yeah, but God, like a, a couple of days ago, I think it was Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember talking to my mom about it. I was just having a day where I was wandering around going, this is nuts. Like, there's a global fucking pandemic. This is nuts. You all know this is nuts, right? And, you know, and I was talking to my mom and I was like, this is nuts, right? She's like, yeah, this is completely nuts. And uh, th- sometimes, like, the just the strangeness of it just hits you. And it's like, it's background and background until suddenly it's foreground. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, what was the second, the other question? So the second question, uh, number two, a good method or system of keeping versions of files up to date and straight between several storage and editing devices. I have files stored on a desktop, on a cloud and on a laptop. I work on said files from my laptop and from my desktop Occasionally, even from my phone, I end up working sometimes on the files on the cloud, sometimes on the drive. Some files are in all three places and some only in certain ones. There's different versions of the same files in different places for a bunch of them. It's a huge mess, partly because I didn't have a plan set up ahead to keep everything straight. I didn't know how I would be using all these storage places before I was actually doing it, and different storage was added at different times. I basically was compulsively backing up things different places that I gained access to them because I was scared of losing them and ended up working on the file I could access most easily at the time when I needed it or needed to change it. So I have to figure out how to clean it all up. Then I need to know how do I keep it all straight after that while also having backups and keeping those up to date within reason, but also being able to access and update current files from various locations. Clearly, digital organization is not where my skills lay. It's a freaking disaster right now. Help. Okay, so, you're, I'm out of my depth. Kevin, take it away. And I'm going to... I, I have this problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say... I'm putting problem in air quotes at this point. Because after... The first time that happened to me, in order to prevent it from happening to Ursula, what I did when she got her machine, her first new laptop, at first Mac, you remember that? And you were like, but how am I going to get all of my files over from my other machine? This just is not going to work. And I said, you will buy a Dropbox account, because they were pretty much the the only kid on the block at the time. And we will set it up so that the documents folder you use on your regular machine is the same as the documents folder on your laptop. And that way, anytime you save a document to your documents folder, it magically appears on the other one. And that has worked very well right up until she filled up her Dropbox account with art files. But that's neither here nor there. Mistakes were made. Yeah. uh, The Photoshop originals for the dragon breath and the, Hamster Princess are fucking huge. Oh, they are. Yeah. Not to mention all the other paintings. But you know what? Mm-hmm. They're all Penguin's problem now. Yeah. So my advice is to, if you are, you're already doing this and it's already possibly a problem, the first thing to do is decide on a cloud storage service that works for you like if you've got three of them, but you find yourself using one more than the others because it's easier, it's it's easier to get to on your phone. 
or your laptop at the same time, great. Pick that one and then set that as the default location for all your saves. That is just where you save it. I specifically went in and did the stuff where it's like, yes, take her documents folder, add to Dropbox, go to the next machine, and then say her documents folder is over there. And you can do that. And it works really well. And I know if you're on Apple, they've got like, you can now set it to default to iCloud. I don't do that because I will fill that sucker up and end up having to pay them money a lot quicker than anyone counts on. Um, but if you're, if OneDrive is your thing, then OneDrive it up OneDrive style and just, just find the one that you're either using the most because it's convenient or you just happen to have the most stuff there and say, this is where I'm going to store everything. And then on your machines, it becomes much easier to say, okay, I'm going to put it all in this place. And then you kind of got to sort it, which is the cleanup problem. Um, so after, after you do the initial cleanup, it's going to be a lot easier. If you've already decided this is where I store things and I don't store them anywhere else. If you're worried about backups, there are services to help with that. Uh, I have one that basically takes my Dropbox and dumps it onto an Amazon S3 bucket as I change things. Uh, I will provide a link. It's called Cloud HQ, and it does all kinds of cross-replication. So, I mean, that's how I do it. You could just buy a big a couple of big hard drives and say, okay, I am now just going to... The desktop machine just sits there and takes snapshots of all the files three times a day. Uh, you can find something that'll help a lot with that. There's a lot of solutions for that. But the big thing is to pick that first storage place and stick with it. Move everything there. And once that's done, it gets a lot easier. It really does. Final thing for this, it, Ernie's whining because the window's open over Oh, here. okay. I was going to say, do we need to take him out? Not yet. Um, P.S. Comment from one of your early Dino episodes. Creative and organized people do exist. I'm one of the weird, bit of both, mythological people. Look, there's always a unicorn. We salute you, unicorn. Yes. Okay. Um, now an update from Corey, who we talked to earlier this past month or before that. It's time. Time is an illusion. Uh, More so. Really? The recording schedule is what keeps is what keeps me on track at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of wild. Yeah. Um, from Corey, hi Kevin and Ursula. First of all, thank you to Ursula for talking about her writing process. I'm, I to, I hope it helped. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to that episode numerous times and love hearing about how authors do their thing. Also, hearing about Ursula's adventure and getting her ADHD diagnosis was enlightening. I was diagnosed at the young age of six, and there's a whole backstory there that maybe one day I'll get into when I can have alcohol again. <laughs> anyway, I had my husband listen to part of it, and when you and Ursula were comparing the ADHD brain buzzing to a neurotypical non-buzzing brain, he agreed with Kevin, and I was just in shock. Seriously, like, Ursula and I thought everyone had a million and one things zooming about in their head with an annoying soundtrack of whatever the song of the minute was. No wonder my husband gets a little frustrated at times when I start in the middle of a thought. I mean, mm -hmm. look, if you tried to start at the beginning of the thought, you'd be there all week. Yeah. Uh, brief pregnancy update. Everything's going fine. At the Yay! time of this email, I'm seven weeks out from delivery, and by the time you read this on the May Letter Show, I'll be at 37 weeks. Yeah. 
My husband and I have been able to work from home for the month of April. I've been working from home since mid-March. Like the rest of the sensible people in the world, we're doing and following CDC guidelines to keep ourselves and the little nuggets safe right now. Go you. Are are I I am have never been pregnant, have no desire to be. Are you hitting the stage where you're like, get this thing out of me now, god damn it yet? Because thirty seven weeks sounds like a lot. It's about the time I, I say the uh the uh screaming behemoth stage hits. Yes, the you're just I am large, I am ungainly, I hate everything, make it go away. Yeah. 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 I I salute you and I hope you are as comfortable as you can possibly be under the circumstances and and healthy and all I don't even know what the hell you're supposed to wish pregnant women anymore. That's I'm It's fine. Yeah. I yeah. hope it goes really like fast but not like the fast that's like painful fast, just the good fast. Thank you for the So You Work From Home episode. <laughs> Husband and I are sharing our office, and it's been interesting. Having separate workspaces in that room and the ability to take my laptop elsewhere in the house, if necessary, has been great. A few things I've found to help with the hours blurring together is to get up every hour, I have alarms set on my phone, and go walk around our pool deck and carport for some fresh air, a little vitamin D, and I spend those few moments listening to whatever latest podcast episode has come in. I've also gotten in the habit of keeping my work bag together, so at the beginning of my day, I bring it into the office and get to work, and when my day is done, I pack everything up and take the bag to our dining room and set it on a chair, just like if I'd walked in from work. You know, I've actually been doing that with my laptop uh, mm -hmm. a lot lately. I have been, and it's helped. It's I get my laptop out, I take it into the garden, I write the words, I put the laptop away, I put it on the chair, and I'm done. Yeah. yeah. It, it, Siri, I can't read that if you're in the way. Oh, God. There you go. <clears throat> uh, For me, that's a good signal that the day is truly over. I've found one of the annoying things about working from home is the weekly log I have to submit of what I've been working on all week. Thankfully, my work bujo comes in handy, and I usually spend Fridays filling that out and submitting it. Thanks. all, or That's all for now. Take care. Thank you, Corey, uh, for writing in with the update. And yeah, no, I, I like the idea of, of you, you're doing that tracking because now you have to track at home. Maybe not everybody does. I, my job doesn't quite require it. Uh, I do an end of day report as sort of a courtesy. Um, but, uh, it's really handy if you've got that record, especially if it's going all week. It's handy too. If, even if you have a less structured environment, um, mm -hmm. Keeping track of word count mm -hmm. has is helpful for me. Part of the reason I think I feel like I haven't gotten shit done this month is because, uh, like, or for last month, actually, for that matter, I edited two books, and that's a lot. Uh, and in fact, I edited and then I did, like, rewrites on an old book, and then I sent it off, and then I got the edits back and edited those. That's a lot of work. Yeah. But it didn't have any word count, so I wasn't writing it down, so, like... April and May just look like I made no word count, and I, I, so if I pull it up, I go like, wow, I didn't do shit. And no, I, I edited books. Like, there was a whole big yeah. thing in there, and so having something so when you're feeling like I have not accomplished anything, you can pull it up and go, oh, yeah, I wrote words today and today, there and there and there and there and there. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I actually wrote, you know, 10,000 words last month. That's not terrible, is, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, also, uh, in our next letter, another returning uh, letter writer, somebody I believe I've had on in the past as well, um, Emily, someone I'm 
No, I'm not having uh wrong Emily. Yeah. Anyway, I'm starting to, it's getting a little blurry. It's been a long day. Um, Emily writes in to say, thanks for answering my question during the last letter show, episode 142. I had asked about when to invest in office equipment when working from home. Ah, yes. I had been struggling with whether to get a better chair as working from home is not exactly ergonomic. This week, I finally decided to ask if I could take my office chair home. No one is working on site at the moment, so the chair was just sitting in my office unused and lonely. After going through my supervisor, the building manager, and the museum director, I finally got permission to take it home, and it has made all the difference. Oh, I'm so glad. My back is enormously grateful. I don't have to change positions every half hour because my back and neck are cramping. I realize taking office furniture home isn't an option for everyone, but if possible, I highly recommend it. You know, I think that is a fantastic solution. I'm so glad they let you do it, and I'm so glad your back feels better because when your back is not happy, like your back controls everything thing it's yeah like you know i've had my feet hurt and been like this sucks and i've had you know headaches and that sucks and uh, my wrist aches that really sucks but your back goes and you're like well this is the apocalypse it's yeah <laughs> yeah 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 um okay back to the letter backs are like the the skeletal muscular heart this week, I also came to a realization about why working from home has been a tough adjustment. It's not just that I'm doing my regular job from home. The fundamental nature of my job has changed. Normally, I'd be planning educational events at the museum using all the resources of the curators, collections, and exhibits. Now I've completely switched to trying to run virtual events to come up with educational activities families can do at home. That is wildly different. I still have the same mission of doing educational outreach, but everything about how I do my job has changed. Realizing this has made it easier for me to be kinder to myself. If I stumble or have problems along the way, it's okay. I'm essentially learning how to do a new job on the fly, making it up as I go along, and it's okay if there are bumps in the road. It absolutely There's is. So much truth there. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, I mean, mm -hmm. there were so many sagas early in pandemic time of people not knowing how to use Zoom, and you're you're trying, you know, you're navigating new technologies that are practically changing overnight sometimes mm -hmm, yeah. and trying to engage people in ways that they have never necessarily had to be engaged before. Yeah. You're uh, trailblazing is allowed. You're allowed to trip over things. And frequently you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, Lewis and Clark did not walk a straight line with no problems. I don't think they walked a straight line at all. No, and also you can actually track where they stayed based on mercury deposits in their uh, their toilet areas because they were taking mercury pills called thunderclappers because they were so constipated because they were living on meat because they didn't know the local vegetation. And so in order to crap, they were taking mercury pills, which would uh, uh, which would yeah, explode mm -hmm. things out. Yes, yeah, so you can trace where they went. Thunderclappers. Yeah, that, those were the names. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, so you can track where they were based on the mercury deposits in the soil. Back to the letter. <laughs> I think this is a problem a lot also, of people... Also, Jefferson was really hoping they'd find him a mammoth. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this is a problem a lot of people are having lately. It's hard enough to adjust to doing your regular job at home, but if the nature of your job has changed, that adds another layer of difficulty. I don't have a solution to this issue, but I think just recognizing it and reminding yourself it's okay to have challenges does make a difference. Yeah, particularly if your job has now changed because of everything. It's not just that you're working from home, it's that you're working from home, learning a new job, and also global fucking pandemic in the background. I mean, frequently writing feels like fiddling while Rome burns, but some of this is Rome is burning, you have to learn to play the bagpipes, and someone is demanding to know why your timesheet on bagpipe playing is not the same as when you used to be a fiddle player. On a completely different note, I've suspected for a while that my husband has some version of ADD. Listening to you talk about how you ask Ursula to do something and she forgets to do it made me go, aha. My husband does the exact same thing. I ask him to do something, days will go by, I remind him, and he has completely forgotten about it. That leaves me feeling it's my job to keep track of everything in the house, and I either have to do everything myself or turn into the stereotypical nagging wife. When we're allowed to leave the house again, I'm going to bring this up with my husband and suggest he look into getting a diagnosis. I literally told my doctor at our first telehealth med, she's like, so how's it working? I'm like, oh my god, my life has changed, my marriage works better. And the thing is, we had a great marriage, don't get me wrong, like, like there were, I mean, no, it's it's fabulous, but... Mm -hmm. The there are things where even though Kevin is a saint, uh, the fact that I am sure it was frustrating that he would ask me to do a thing and I would just kind of be like, yes, I will totally do a thing, bird. And then I would go off to look at the bird and he would be like, okay. And, you know, you you hate to just sit and ask someone to do Mm -hmm. something over and over again. And now it's like, yes, I will do the thing. And if I go look at a bird, which I still frequently do, then I will come back and do the thing. And now it went from being, you know, Ursula is kind of immature and weird and how is she alive to, oh, your meds have worn off, haven't they? Have your meds worn off at this point? Oh, completely. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, I mean, and I'm only guessing it may be easier on you in that regard, but at a least little. the... I notice you, you, it's your turn to sweep upstairs and down or just, just downstairs. Did, yeah. yeah. And you did. Yeah. Like I'm not having to go, Hey, were you going to sweep? Because you got distracted by animal crossing and Twitter and writing a thing simultaneously. Which I would is something... just like to point out there was an American red start in the garden this morning. You did say that. Yes. Yes. It was on Twitter. <laughs> okay. It's a good bird, but yes. Yes. The, uh, yeah. It, mm-hmm. And, and, I don't think you necessarily held it against me, and I'm not trying to accuse you of holding it against me or anything like that, but you had sort of resigned yourself to the fact that you were married to a space cadet. Yep. And now, you know, ground control can occasionally reach Major Tom. Yes. So. Take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon, and... By soon, apparently it was about two weeks later, because I've got another letter from Emily coming up. Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, from... Uh, our friend Laura Quack Quack Honk Honk. Oh, yes. Hi, Quack. Yes. Uh, so interesting problem going on with art, and I figured I'd share because it butted up against Ursula's grocery shopping. Some of the outdoor art shows are talking about social distancing and art shows. I'm trying hard to figure out what social distancing in a 10 by 10 tent is. Well, um, stay at the back and they're allowed to come in four feet. All my shows are canceled into <laughs> July, and I'm still hoping that one gets canceled. My income... 
my income plus uh, are all tied up in these shows, and we just asked them to carry over our spot to next year because we have the ability to do that. But I'm starting to do little streams and such to keep me in people's brain. Oh, yeah. The only things I am doing is cooking, cleaning, making masks, and playing Animal Crossing. I feel like I'm falling down on art, but I'm trying not to feel bad about that because the all-encompassing panic that comes over me every time I have to go out or think about them opening up... things up to uh, early or order food delivered or any interaction with people other than her husband that aren't over the phone uh, computer. Oh my God, I have this problem. Yes. You should talk about that. I, I cannot. The grocery store freaks me the fuck out. I now do all the grocery shopping. Were you okay at Lowe's the other day? I was mostly okay at Lowe's. I only felt the urge to run up and yell at people about masks only work if you cover your nose as well as your mouth. And if you're going to wear a mask around your neck, why wear a mask at all? At five people. And every last one of them was doing it wrong. Um, but the grocery stores are much tighter quarters than Lowe's. Yeah, like in Lowe's, if people see you coming and everybody's got on masks, you'll sort of get out of the way. There were still the occasional people who I'm like, um, excuse me, because they're just standing there blocking the aisles. And then there was that the, the guy who was talking to the girl who worked there in the parking lot, like right next to the truck. Like, I thought he was touching my truck. And at that point, I was about to go off. Had he actually been touching my truck? I might have had to kill him because, I mean, you don't touch a woman's truck unless you're a good friend or sleeping with her. Like, you just don't touch a woman's truck. That's not okay. So anyway, yeah, I'm I'm having a... He was standing right by the tailgate. I'm having a real hard time dealing with crowds. Yeah, um, and we were at the we we were driving to a, a thing. We had to pick up a thing, and then we went back. We went to the dump. Mm-hmm. We went back. And we went to the little local park, and we yep. stayed in the car, and you were fine until people were getting out of the car and walking around. Yeah. And you it's were like, like, oh, God, what if they come up to us? Or when the guy handed me in the receipt into the car at the feed store that time. Yeah, I was a little, but it was going to be okay. It was going to be okay. Um, I Well, also, there was the confusion about, is he going to put it through the window? How close? You know, whatever. Um, so there was some some insecurity. It's viscerally upsetting. Yeah. You have to be hyper vigilant, and you want to scream at people. Do you not realize we could both die because you're doing this? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. And so it's, and I realize after this is all over, I'm probably going to need some sort of therapy. Right now, this sort of hyper vigilance and fear of crowds <laughs> is probably a good thing. Yes, uh, but a lot of people. Mm-hmm are going to come out of this with a final case of agoraphobia. Yeah. And the problem with and the problem is that a lot of mental illnesses are were not illnesses when you developed them. They were incredibly help, helpful coping mechanisms. Absolutely. What, you know, uh hypervigilance at the time you develop it, it is what saves your life. Mm-hmm. It's just you can't turn it off later because your brain only knows how to rewire to be vigilant, it, it can't turn it off. So all of us are developing coping mechanisms for this situation that are the best your brain can do at the time, and they are... Your brain is trying to save you. It yes. really is. Yes. It's just dumb, and it doesn't know what it's doing, and it can't turn it off afterwards. So, like, it's going to be like, okay, you are now scared of crowds, 
and this is great for a pandemic. You should be bloody terrified of crowds. The problem is when it's all over, you're not just going to become unterrified of crowds. Your, right. your brain has, has written that into code and is like, you want to what? No, no, no. You die if you do that. And it's going to take a lot of people a lot of time to get over that. And some people never will. And mm. I'm not saying that, that you're like one of them. Certainly not you, quack, quack, honk, I know you. But like, you know, uh, no, it's really hard. This is panic inducing. This is this is scary yeah. life or death shit mm -hmm. that is hinging on whether the person at the grocery store knows what six feet is. And so there's, does the person know if, what six feet is? Do they know how to use a mask? Do they know how to use a mask? Do they bother to wear a mask? What are they touching? What are they breathing on? What if they cough near you? What if they're a carrier and uh, an asymptomatic carrier? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It, it It's exhausting. And in mm -hmm. fact, we have our, our weekly chore rota at the house. And I actually went to Kevin and said, look, on the days when you have me grocery shopping, I need to not do anything else that day. Because, yeah. and I don't, usually I go Friday, I don't write that day, mm -hmm. I don't do anything. I go grocery shopping, and then I am done. Like, and the thing is, I don't have it as bad as Kevin does, because I've been doing all the grocery shopping. Yeah. So I go out at least, you know, once a week, usually two or three times, because, you know, okay, grocery store one day, okay, we need to go to the feed store because we have animals, okay, uh, or, okay, crap, I have to go to the pharmacy and pick up meds or whatnot. Yeah. Um. It's, or, you know, I have to run stuff to the dump. That was today. Uh, it's, it's, I am going out a lot, but still the grocery store in particular is a hypervigilance hellhole. And frequently Shep comes with me mm -hmm. and that's actually helpful because uh, you have two people you can sort of play, you know, uh, blockade the person coming down the aisle who is clearly <laughs> not respecting anyone's personal space or whatnot. Or one of you can be like, I will be here. You go get that thing. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's no, it, it it's scary. It's, it's okay to be scared. Mm -hmm. And, and you are not failing by being scared. Uh, you're, your poor brain is trying. I mean, give it a pat and tell it, it it's doing its best. Um, this doesn't really necessarily help any no. with how to fix it, but uh, no, uh, because sympathy. we won't we won't know we won't know how to fix it until it's over. We might not even know what that. It may. I mean, this is this is literally going to be a generational trauma. And mm -hmm. if you have not already sort of made peace with that fact, uh, I suggest you start working on making peace with that fact. This is the Great Depression. This is a world war. This is, you know, 9-11, whatever. This is going to be a generational trauma. More so than 9-11, which frankly, you know, it yeah. was... Because, uh, yes, it was horrible and traumatic. We were all very sad, and also 3,000 people died, and I think we're hitting 80,000 in the U.S. So Really don't want to go into the numbers right yeah, now. So, sorry. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, so, yeah, it's... It's, yeah, it's... It's okay if this yeah. shit fucks with you. That means you're human and well-adjusted because this shit would fuck with anybody. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say is my doctor, uh, I had my first telemedicine, my quarterly telemedicine appointment, and... Uh, since we couldn't do the blood draws, we went over the stuff and she was great. She was like, do you think you need to take more of your meds? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, uh, my, my antidepressant. I'm like, no, actually I'm doing really well. When it's over, probably going to want to up that. But right now I'm doing okay. Yeah. 
and we're not going to, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So ironically, um, a number of people who have very specific forms of mental illness, Mm -hmm. certainly not everybody, but, uh, people who have anxiety and again, not by any chance everybody, but I, you know, I think the crude back of the envelope math came out maybe like a quarter of the people who have severe anxiety are doing great right now because this is basically what our brain has been preparing for forever. Yeah. And I am actually doing great. Part of that is the ADD meds though. So, you know, I'm not, I, I should not be taken as a, a statistical sample because I went on another med just as it started that totally, you know, worked with the, that, but lots of very anxious people with hypervigilance are like, yeah, I, Honestly, I've been expecting something terrible to happen my whole life, and now it is. And I have all the coping mechanisms for life is terrible and stressful, and I don't know what to do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, everything's in place, and I'm set. Other people are, you know, similarly are absolute collapse because it's much worse than they thought, or this is way too much to handle. So it's okay if you're in either camp. Yep. You know, uh, if you're you know, team anxiety, this is my hour, then I salute you. If you're, oh God, this is too much. Yeah. I mean, preach. Anyway, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) thank you, Laura. Um, so for time constraints, I'm going to save one letter for later because it also included an offer to come back on the show. So I believe I will take Patricia. This is your warning. I will take you up on that offer. If I haven't emailed you by the time, this comes out tomorrow. Um, all right. So, uh, six out of seven. Um, ain't bad. Yep. Hi, Kevin. This is uh, from Emily again. I was listening to the interview with Raz from episode 144, and Raz was talking about removing items from a to do list when you are done with them. It was interesting to hear you and Raz talk about needing tasks to be gone from the list since I have the exact opposite reaction. I need to cross items off a list, but not remove them entirely. If I just delete a task from a list, my brain registers as the task not being done. The accomplishment of completing the task is suddenly gone if there's no record of it. Because of this mental quirk, I handwrite all of my to-do lists and cross each one out as I do it. At the end of the day, I can look at that list and see how many things I got done. If I had just deleted each task from the list as I finished it, it wouldn't be nearly as satisfying. Oh, I hear you. This actually ties into the earlier thing about how I track word count Mm -hmm. and and whatnot, because you like to be able to see the thing is done and there's a line through it and you're like, oh, yeah. Yep. I never really thought about why I need to cross items off a list until I listened to this episode. It's fascinating to hear about different people's ways of approaching things. This is just another example of how different systems work for different people. There's no one-size-fits-all approach, as you've talked about numerous times. Take care and keep up the good work, Emily. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the I need to see the item crossed off on the list. Right. Otherwise, I'll feel like I didn't do anything. uh, One of the things I like about... um, a lot of the digital platforms is if you can go, you going to be okay? Did you try to breathe your wine again? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I like about several of the digital platforms I have is uh, I, I can do a thing where I just click a button and go click. Oh, look, there's all of the things I got done in a time period. Uh, Habitica of course, the moment you click it is done on the list, it disappears, but you can go to the everything or the done versus not done versus today sections. Um, 
and we'll talk more about what I'm using now in a couple weeks. Wow. Yes, Ernie. I'm going to close that window uh, right after uh, we take this quick break so that Ursula can stop aspirating wine. Malbec is not for breathing. I have attempted to unaspirate the Malbec. Uh, big thank you to Blue Aloe, A.G. Corey, Emily, twice, and Laura for writing in this past month. Absolutely Apologies fantastic. that I started ranting and went on too long and we didn't get to the last letter. It's fine. Uh, I think uh, given everything in the letter, in hindsight, then I think having Patricia on again is a great choice. Excellent. So we will do that. Uh, our word this week... In an inspired moment, thank you so much, is thunderclapper. <laughs> All one word, thunderclapper. So, yeah, now I'm going to have to put a Wikipedia link to that bad boy, aren't I? <laughs> I mean, so, it's amazing from an archaeological perspective. It kind of is. Uh, so, that will unlock the badge for this week's episode. If you want to find out more about the badges you can get by listening to the show, check out the badge section of productivityalchemy.com. Are you still working on ways to handle the badge situation? Or? I'm going to have to I'm, – I'm trying to figure out what to use. I mean, all the badges are there. They're in the system on my end. It's just that – the storage on Credly is essentially going away. Right. Because I cannot afford the numbers they want to store it. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't a thing where, like, upping our Patreon would help or anything. Because let's face it, if you poured that kind of money into our Patreon, uh, we would, uh, uh, like... Uh, I wouldn't need a day job anymore. Exactly. This is this is a way out of our range kind of thing. Yeah, and it's 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 pretty obvious that the, their commercial idea is to go for educational institutions and... We don't have the budget of a museum. Right, or a school system or a corporation. Right. So it's a thing. Uh, so I'll figure I'll figure something out. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to support us, you can go on the website. You'll find out ways to do that. As we've been saying for weeks now, uh, while we certainly don't turn down money, your local food pantry is hurting real bad. Uh, yep. There have been some other organizations that are getting a lot of shortfalls. Artists, as you've heard. I also particularly recommend Native Seed Search out mm -hmm. of uh, Arizona. They do a lot of work getting uh, seeds to the Native American community, mm -hmm. and they've had to shut down their retail store for obvious reasons. And that is their, you know, one of their big sources of income. So they're basically trying to get seeds to tribes and individuals in need with uh, no money coming in. And yeah. uh, if you can uh, throw them some money, um, you know. Tell them Ursula sent you. 
And the uh, fact that they they will go, oh, thank you, Ursula, because and you'll get an email. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I get a phone call from them, uh, <laughs> and uh, they they I, I send people their way a lot, but uh, they do really good work, they do. and uh, it's it's you know preserving lots of uh, indigenous varieties of plants that literally have are not preserved anywhere else and um which is certainly a topic i feel very strongly about but i won't go into it in detail right now because you know time is limited so native seed search check them out online um i'll link them in the show notes we don't have very many links for the show notes so yeah it'll be a nice extra they could uh they can always use the help uh you can buy well you used to be able to buy seeds from them online which i also recommend highly at the moment that too is shut down because they don't want to expose their workers to anybody through you know for coming in and packaging things it's uh it's yeah uh so they're basically just doing the tribal stuff right now and god knows you know thank god someone else yes so uh and also your food pantry can use help yeah absolutely your food pantry um i have a coffee it's listed on our support us page i have plenty of coffee uh the ups guy make sure i get my coffee so it's all good <laughs> yeah it's mm-hmm. we're doing fine at the moment yep. uh you know so uh, help somebody who needs a lot more than we do yeah if if anything uh check ursula's gardening threads on twitter uh i'm still posting a chicken every morning around 9 a.m eastern yeah if mm-hmm. uh if you want more content from us and you know kevin's chickens are adorable and have captions and we are gonna have Baby chickens, hopefully, in the I next hope. seven days. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we so. have a broody hen who is hopefully has some live chicks in there. So. Uh, she already kicked out one bad egg. We checked. Yeah. So I'm guessing there are still good ones in there. Yes. Well, Otherwise we'll find she out. would kick out more, I'm guessing. Hopefully. Yeah. So that's it for us this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Everybody out there, uh, stay sane, stay safe, and most importantly, do your best to Stay productive. And if you can't, we don't blame you. It's a global fucking pandemic. Right.